This is exactly right. My favorite murder, the mini-sode. Hi. Here it is. Hey, what about? Hi. 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 Should I go first this time? Yeah, you do. Okay. Okay, this one's called Pepper Spray Hometown. In the hometown today, you posited. Posited, yeah. Posited. What even happens with expired pepper spray? (laughs) (laughs) I had interned for a congresswoman in 2010, and she was a former police chief. She made sure her female interns carried pepper spray and bought me several pepper spray keychains that I religiously carried but never had to use. Fast forward to 2015, and my husband was teasing me about how he was sure I was carrying around expired pepper spray. I told him I wasn't sure if pepper spray expired, and it probably only got more potent with time, based on no science, just vibes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He proceeded to try to prove the inefficacy to me by, all caps, spraying the pepper spray indoors. Mm -mm. In his defense, question mark, he sprayed it into a trash can. In not his defense, this (laughs) trash can had no lid. (laughs) We had to keep the windows open for a few days and find some place to sleep until it cleared out. So in short, pepper spray may expire, but it's still strong enough to clear an apartment five years later. No name. Shit. <laughs> you fucking sprayed it into the air, essentially. <laughs> yeah, like, you just sprayed it down. Yeah. It didn't, it's not like it's going to stay in the garbage can. I told you about that when I tested my pepper spray, I was, like, walking somewhere at night, and I had it in my hand to make sure, like, and I was like, I want, I've never even tried this. I should make sure it works. And then walked through the spray. Sprayed it in front of me. <laughs> kept walking through it. Almost like perfume where you're trying yep, to get a light, exactly a light coat of that. perfume. And then, I, you know, it wasn't that bad, but I just was, by the time I got to where I was meeting my friend, I was cracking up because I had just, like, pepper sprayed myself. Did you, were your eyes burning? Was it bad? It, a little bit. I think I must have just only, I must have, like, not done it directly, but I still felt it. So it yeah, worked. I bet. Well, it's a good sign. Yeah, right? It worked. Here's my first one. Hi, friends. I've been meaning to write you this story since I listened to your live show from Des Moines several years ago. I believe Karen made a comment about seeing a lot of tents selling fireworks on your way into town (laughs) as it was close to the 4th when you were in the area. I had to giggle to myself knowing that us Iowans were very eager to have the ability to buy fireworks in our own state versus crossing the border to South Dakota. (laughs) You see, up until 2017, it was illegal to sell or purchase fireworks in the state because of a little incident that occurred in my hometown back in the 30s. Yes, tell us these stories. Right? Yeah. Amazing. And then it and then look at this. They they actually sourced it. My source is an article from the Des Moines Register by Mike Kellen. Amazing. And then a, a smiley winky face. Semicolon parentheses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cite your okay. sources. Cite them sources, baby. Okay. I'm from a small town in Northwest Iowa called Spencer, population of about 11,000. The story goes that it was a hot, windy day on June 27th, 1931. A young boy accidentally dropped a sparkler on a stack of fireworks that were for sale in front of a drugstore in the downtown area. This ended up causing a massive fire that was so hot, the streets caught fire. 
No. (laughs) The windy conditions of that day sent flames across the street, spreading to most of the downtown buildings. (gasps) Many local fire departments came together to pull water from the nearby Little Sioux River in an attempt to stop the flames from spreading further. An airplane from the Des Moines Register was even brought in, not only to capture aerial photos of the fire, but to destroy a burning building by, all caps, dropping dynamite on it. What? To avoid further spread. Oh, okay. I (laughs) guess that's a tactic I didn't know about. I don't think it's commonly used. (laughs) And then in parentheses, it says, bad period ass period. (laughs) It's like a fucking Tom Cruise movie over here. It's truly, you know, in uh, like in firefighting, they do a thing called back burning where they get ahead of a wildfire and then burn out whatever. But this is like, so next level. Yeah, this is some guy, Eric, who was like, you know what I've always wanted to do? Yeah. And it seems like yeah. now's the time to do it. Yeah, because everyone's kind of panicked yeah. and trying to take care of the actual emergency. So I'm going to start a new emergency <laughs> to, and pitch it as a, a solution. <laughs> Let's see. And five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> there are even reports that farmers nearly 10 miles out of town could see big black smoke clouds in the sky. In total the fire destroyed 80 businesses and caused more than $2 million in damages. Oh. And in parentheses, it says, that's $37.3 million in today's money. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Incredibly, there were zero deaths from the incident. Oh. However, the fiasco caught national attention and led to Iowa being the very first state in the nation to ban the sale of fireworks in 1938, with many other states following suit. To this day, the identity of the young boy has never been officially confirmed. I think that's a good idea. Was it a small town looking after its own or an inside cover-up? Well, perhaps we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, They're like, uh, that boy doesn't exist any. Like, they took care of it on their own. It was the sheriff, like, lighting a cigar and throwing it into a pile <laughs> right, of fireworks. Right, there was no like, kid. Someone get that boy back here. That <laughs> little boy that threw it. Okay, what I do know is that immediately after the fire, local businessmen got to work on the rebuilding process. Even though it was the Depression at the time, 20 Art Deco-style buildings were erected fairly quickly. (gasps) These buildings are now on the National Register of Historic Places. And then in parentheses, it says, I feel like you two would appreciate some nice Art Deco buildings. Absolutely. You're very right about that. And then it says, my favorite part of the story, the way our town decided to memorialize the event and then in parentheses, it says, before establishing Clay County Heritage Center a few years ago, was by hanging the aerial photos of the fire taken by the newspaper in the upstairs party room of the local pizza restaurant, Godfather's <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wait, it, this is a very parenthetical story because then in yeah. parentheses again, it says... Yes, the spokesman is a parody of Don Vito Corleone from The Godfather, and their best pie is the taco pizza with crushed nacho cheese Doritos sprinkled on top. <laughs> what is happening? This is, this is I a want to fever move to this dream. Town. This is a this fever is, dream for sure. This person cut up a bunch of nouns and threw them into a hat <laughs> and then put a story together Took for us. Took some acid and then <laughs> and then hey. hey. I recall many childhood events being hosted at the restaurant. <laughs> 
Yet no one stopped to think about whether the visuals of massive flaming buildings terrified old-timey locals and the Great Depression Mm. were the vibes that they should be going for (laughs) at Lindsay's eighth birthday party. And then it says, wow, sorry, this is so long. Thanks for all you do. I was turned on to your podcast when I started my new job in the fall of 2019, which put me on the road a lot during lockdown, except not really a lockdown in Iowa because our governor is insane. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, I made it a goal to catch up on all the MFM episodes in order. And I'm happy to say, as of today, mission accomplished. SSDGM, Tori, she, her. Damn, Tori. That was epic. You nailed the storytelling. You yeah. kn- you painted a picture. I want to go to Godfather's Pizza and have a birthday party Absolutely. there. Absolutely. I want crushed Doritos on my motherfucking pizza. <laughs> now. Damn. Now and forever. So good. Whew. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter 
enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, this one's called Parents Push Pen Pal. Oh, it just starts, let's do this. I grew up in a Texas Southern Baptist brand of religion. Think, close your eyes and raise your hands during the music. Full dunk baptisms. Mm. (laughs) I I didn't know that was a thing. Mega church congregations, church two to three times a week, et cetera. I've got a lot of weird stories, but this one takes the cake and throws my parents under the bus. (laughs) It was the late 90s. I was eight years old. And it comes out that our youth pastor had been accused of molesting a teen at our church. But this was the 90s, so the entire church, including my parents, believed this guy was innocent. And the entire congregation stood behind him while he was arrested, charged, and eventually convicted of sexually assaulting a teen. Guys. You read that, right? He went to jail, and everyone thought he was still innocent. Boo. Uh Uh-huh. It's Christmas time, and my parents have the great idea that I should write to him to cheer him up. So there I am, eight years old, sitting down no. to write a convicted pedophile. And I am obsessed with the book series called Amelia's Notebook, kind of like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, where it's made to seem like a young girl's journal. So I handwrite and decorate my letters with illustrations of events, Lisa Frank stickers, and quirky notes all over the page. <laughs> no. I hope someone at the jail was reading his letters he sent to me because my parents did not. <gasps> I remember his letters were typed and had a lot of stories about Jesus, so I eventually got bored, but not until after exchanging months of letters. When the next children's pastor at our church got arrested for soliciting a minor, and then it says, yep. Surprisingly, (laughs) my parents did not encourage me to write to him, but maybe I was just too old at the time, lol. Stay sexy and don't encourage your child to write to pedophiles in prison, mom. And then <laughs> there's no name. <laughs> Mom. It's Mom. So, it's how it ends. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, dude. That is not good. No, dude. What are you doing, church? Yeah, church, parents, everyone, steeple, oh. people, <laughs> all those people. <laughs> Shit. Oh. All right. All right. I'm just going to read this one, not read you the soda line. Okay. okay. Hey, y'all. While listening to Minnesota episode 268, y'all asked for stories of bad things you did in a museum, and boy, did my ears perk up. After graduating with a BS, Bachelor's of Science in Archaeology, Ooh. and then in parentheses, yes, I love the irony. I don't know what that means. Uh, bachelor's of Science. What's the irony? I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. I began working at the Penn Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology and their visitor services. Being in my early 20s, I would often show up to work hungover and have to excuse myself to barf in the gorgeous historic bathrooms (laughs) or fall asleep sitting up at the visitor's desk on a slow day. God bless. I am much less of a shithead now. (laughs) The real bad thing I did in a museum, though, had nothing to do with my own. Instead, it was at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And then in parentheses, it says, think the Rocky Stairs. My Mm. boyfriend and I are incredibly silly people and had a bit where he would tap my nose and I would, quote unquote, turn off. And then in parentheses, I would theater camp throw myself on the ground like I had (laughs) had my life force ripped out of me. (laughs) That's adorable. That's really funny. 
Well, one time at the art museum in an empty corridor, my boyfriend tapped my nose and I turned off, falling to the floor. (laughs) My boyfriend quickly walked away from me as he wanted to see a painting. That's when I heard a rush of footsteps coming toward me. I opened my eyes to see an elderly security guard running to my aid. The poor guy thought that my boyfriend had seriously hurt me and that I was in danger. I quickly got back up and profusely apologized to the kind and relieved guard. Needless to say, my boyfriend doesn't turn me off anymore. (laughs) And then there's a winky, smiley face. (laughs) Turn me off. (laughs) Thank you all for the podcast. You have been my invisible earbud friends throughout the tedium and stress of my master's and now my PhD in archaeology. And then parentheses, no, I've never seen Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's called Raiders of the Lost Ark, first of all. Stay sexy and don't throw yourself on dirty public floors for attention. <laughs> it's not cute. Steph, she, her. Aww. <laughs> she could just do it less dramatically, like like turning off like a robot instead of throwing her entire human self to the floor. But I really do love that kind of stuff in couples where yeah. you start to do a bit, it's very funny to you, yeah. and then you you've lost all sense of what it looks like <laughs> to the outside world. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, made-in cookware. Made-in was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made-in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, this is a crazy coincidence story, so I'm not going to read you this. Insert sassy greeting here. When you mentioned glitches in the matrix and insane coincidences, I knew it was time to share the story of how I met my husband. Sorry if this is long, but it needs some context. The year was 2008, and Facebook was fairly new to us 80s babies. At the time, my now husband, Sean, was just a single guy who didn't understand technology. He deduced that the purpose of the app was to find the people you knew in middle school. And the only name he could remember was that of the first girl he kissed. For the purposes of anonymity, let's say this girl's name was Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) So he typed Sarah Jessica Parker into his search bar. So far, nothing too weird, right? Wrong. While Sean was looking for his first love, I was ignorantly using the Facebook platform myself. I was very naive and unaware of the potential dangers of social media. That's why when I got a friend request from a stranger named Sean, I didn't think too hard about accepting it. 
Why had Sean found me? Was I his middle school girlfriend? No, but my full name is Sarah Jessica Parker. I know it's not the strangest coincidence, but sit tight. It turns out the Facebook gods hadn't just connected us because I had the same name. Sean and I had a lot more in common than we knew. As we were talking, we began to realize that we both lived in Los Angeles. Then as we chatted more, we found out we were both attending the same 300-person church. Insert scared emoji face here. At this point, I called my mom, who told me I'd been found by some creepy stalker and I need to stop attending my church immediately. (laughs) That is until she asked me if he was hot. (laughs) When I mentioned he was, my mother, who has always been desperate to marry me off like a child bride, suggested that maybe I give him a chance to meet up in Mm. real life. Yeah. I was on the fence, but attended my regular church service that Sunday. In non-denominational style churches, they often ask you to stand up and greet the people around you. As I turned around to shake hands with the row behind me, I found myself face-to-face with Facebook boy. He was right behind me. Mm. My heart raced. Did he know I was sitting there or was it just a coincidence? Nonetheless, my Midwest roots told me to never fuck politeness. (laughs) So I introduced myself (laughs) to my potential stalker. As we shared awkward get-to-know-you conversation, I asked him what he did for a living. And that is when I knew I definitely had a stalker. Sean tells me that he worked for a specific catering company, the same catering company that my office used every day. He had literally served me lunch just two days ago. So in case you weren't keeping tabs, here's a full list of glitches in the matrix. I had the same first, middle, and last name as his first girlfriend. We both lived in the same city. We were both attending the same small, not well-known church in LA where no one goes to church. He had been serving me lunch every day for weeks. I'd love to tell you that I used my instincts and got the hell out of Dodge, but I guess choosing to not fuck politeness can be a good thing because it turned out that on top of all these coincidences, we had one more thing in common. We were the love of each other's lives. That's right. We took all these coincidences as a sign that maybe we should get to know each other. And now we know each other in the biblical sense. (laughs) If you catch my drift, wink emoji here. Yeah, we get it. We've been married almost 13 years and have two children. So I guess if he was my stalker, he's the most successful stalker ever. Mm -hmm. I like to joke that Sarah Jessica Parker was the first and last girl Sean ever kissed. Quick note to say that despite serendipity bringing us together, our marriage has only lasted due to therapy and our faith. We are huge advocates of both, and therapy has helped us fight for our marriage through challenges as we have two special needs children and have encountered many obstacles, like our house burning down and losing everything this past February. Thank you again for promoting mental health and being so damn entertaining along the way. Stay sexy and fuck your stalker, not politeness. (laughs) SJP, but my real name is Heather, she, her. (laughs) Terrible advice. This email goes against everything we know, but I still like it. I know, I know, right? Also, Heather, that's the word I've been looking for for the glitch in the matrix. It's serendipity. Yeah. Because kismet is more like almost always romantic. Yeah. Serendipity is that thing where it's like unexplainable coincidences and things. Yeah. That's the word. Did you see the movie? And this is a weird coincidence that has Sarah Jessica Parker in it called Then There Was You. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. I can't fucking find it like that it ever existed. So maybe I made it up, but it was a really good movie. 
And there it, it's and then there was you was like all these like kind of sliding doors type of things, and it's really cute. It doesn't matter, but Sarah Jessica Parker's in it, so that's weird. Oh, that's funny. I find listening to you type very soothing. Oh, thank you. I'm very good at it. Uh, tell there was you. Tell there was you. It's not called and then there was you. And oh. the it's starring Gene Triplehorn, and then the love interest is Dylan McDermott. Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker's just kind of like one of the people in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cute. Got it. It's got really it. cute. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a long description of a movie. Okay. <laughs> you go. <laughs> I like that you got to brag in that you're good at typing. <laughs> That's what I'm happens really when it. you're a fucking receptionist for 10 years of your fucking boring ass life. Yeah. You're, you're like, I have to be good at it. Yeah. It's my only skill, literally. Okay. This last one, it says, hi, all. I'll keep this short but just know I love and appreciate y'all. My hometown story is about my aunt who fearlessly stopped an intruder. One summer afternoon, my dear aunt was on the second floor of her home in front of her big bathroom window shaving her legs. (laughs) This is porn. This is how porn starts. I mean, a a very specific kind of porn. Yeah, Cinemax. Uh, Yes, it's the Cinemax leg shaving series. (laughs) When she hears a crash on the first floor, she knew she was the only one home and ran downstairs with half-shaved legs (laughs) and a towel only to find a man standing in her kitchen with a knife. Oh, my God. In the midst of her shock, all she could think to say is, why don't you just get a job? (laughs) Somehow insulting a burglar is the way to get them to run off down the street. She decided to call the cops, but sadly, he was never caught. Thank you for all that you do and say. (laughs) My mom passed away about a year and a half ago, and you guys have helped me through more than I can say. Mm-hmm. SSDGM, XOXO, Tara, not Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, a knife, though. That's more than like a burglary. Like That's scary. As, yeah. That's scary. Good for her for quick thinking. It's scary, but it's not as scary as, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Serendipity. <laughs> Right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do you have a serendipitous uh, sh- leg shaving story? Please send it to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. That's right. And if you want one extra story um, each, extra hometown, join the fan cult and they're all there if you want to listen. Oh, there's so much exclusive content <laughs> there in is. the fan cult. And you backlog. Yeah, there's just tons. And leg shaving movies. Right. <laughs> uh, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandro Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researcher is Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.